On today's episode of The Holy Ghost in Me, I want to talk to you about discovering the hidden gifts and talents on the inside of you. Every person that lives and breathes on this earth has gifts and talents on the inside of them. They may not know how to tap into it, but they have it. Now, the moment they accept Jesus into their life and welcome the Holy Ghost to live on the inside of them, humbling themselves and praying, then God begins to pull out those gifts and anoint them to do various tasks. The closer you grow in relation with the one who made you, the more those gifts become uncovered. But just because they are uncovered doesn't mean you have a place of appointment yet. Meaning God will often begin to show you your gifts before he places you in a place to use those gifts. Do you remember the story of David in the Bible? God began to show him his gifts at a very early age. He had the gifts of wisdom, discernment, boldness, and God would strategically place him in positions and battles to draw out those gifts. He defeated lions who were after his sheep. He guided his sheep. Every battle he won, he prepared him for the next. And what David did on a regular basis was worship him, God, and praised him constantly saying in an attitude of communion. You see, God was always on his mind when he woke up, as he, guided his, he, as he protected his sheep, and even when he went to bed. When God helped him win a battle, he was thankful and always on his mind. He was a man after God's own heart. Because his relationship was so strong and he was a man after God's heart, he, that's what drew out his gifts and talents at a very early age. And he was afforded opportunities to kill giants and lions and defeat kings and win victories. When we talk about discovering our gifts and talents, the key is to go back to the one who made you and our major purpose. We have to pray and ask God, God, what is this gift that you have given me? What are my talents? We have to also know that overall purpose of our lives is to build the body of Christ, to help others develop their relationship with God and bring others to God's kingdom. So we know that our personal gifts are actually to connect with the major mission of those who follow Christ. And the more that we become in agreement with God and allowing him to cultivate those gifts on the inside of us and mature or grow us, the more that we become ready to be used. As we grow in maturity, God pours his anointing onto us. And in other words, he pours his Holy Spirit into us and calls us to the places he wants us to operate. Um, let me give you an example. In the olden days, when there were kings and queens and such, they often underwent a ceremony to place them into position and power. They needed to transfer this power and authority from one person to the next person. It's the same thing in the spirit. God anoints us or transfer his power unto the gifts he gave us. Almost like an activation of sorts. Once those gifts become activated, he then strategically appoints us to operate in places designed only for us. And here's the thing. 
Every person in the world has a strategic appointment, right? Where, what, right, whether it's their family or their workplace or wherever, they're strategically appointed to be in a position. You know, so many people often get caught up in moving up in the world or getting in a higher position or making more money that they miss what God is trying to do. And they often undercut those around them. They have the wrong attitude. And first of all, it's important to realize that undercutting somebody is truly pointless and a true identifier of Satan himself. God has you where he wants you, even if someone acts ugly and pushes you out of a door that you were put in. You know, you often manage your own business and then somebody comes in and starts disturbing your peace. Well, you know what? Maybe it was time for you to leave. Even though it was bad that it happened that way, maybe it was time for you to go. God will fight your battles. And I, for one, don't fight with people. I try not to argue with them and I honestly could care less. You know, I often state my case and if you don't see my position, well, baby, I'm just dusting the dust off my feet and I'm walking away. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed one. And it says that he fights my battles for me. So I'm not about to waste my time fighting with you. I'm not about to waste my God-given energy fighting with you. You know, I'm going to say, well, Jesus, what's next? I have seen so many people say you have to be ruthless. You have to, you know, watch your back. You have to undercut people and be conceited or cocky to get to the top. All of that is bull. The only thing you have to do is get on your knees and pray and get into the word and ask for wisdom. God will give you a strategic plan to fight your battles. God will put you above your enemy. And even when your enemy thinks they're winning, they're not. You won't even have to move a finger. God will do what only he can do. And he will keep you and your family protected. So my advice, sit down, shut up, and watch what God does for you. When people do you wrong, don't fight them. Pray for them. That God blesses them and keeps them, loves them. And if you see them, hug them. Let them go because at the end of the day, God has the last word. And your job is to stand in the places he has appointed you. Fighting with your enemy just moves you off of position. It moves you further from the places that you're supposed to be. So just smile and walk away because you don't have time for the games. Anyways, the position that God has for you is yours and you won't lose it unless God says it's time. You won't gain another one until God says it's time. So instead of spending your time plotting your next move, spend time in the moment. Spend time in the word. Spend time getting to know Jesus. Spend time pouring into into other people that are right there. Even the ones who get on your last nerves. You want to know why you're unhappy? You want to know why you're lost and searching? It's because you won't stop long enough to allow God to pull out your gifts. You won't stop long enough for you to align with him. I learned that it's best not to run from God because eventually you'll be like Jonah and run right back to the place where God called you to be in the beginning. 
Even if God has called you to be a pastor or a teacher or whatever, and then you try to rationalize all the reasons why you shouldn't do that thing, don't you know whether it's five weeks, five months, five years, or 50 years, you're going to find yourself right back from the place you were running from. So my advice, stop running and embrace what God has called you to do. Okay, so how do you find out what your gifts and callings are? Are you ready? It's easy. It comes from 1 Corinthians 12. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. He says that we can recognize those gifts because they are giving God the glory. They don't curse God. And we can test the Spirit by the Spirit to know if that's really what He has called us to do. It's important to remember that God works differently in all of us. And all of us may have similar gifts but we have to use them in different ways. For instance, you might have a pastor or a person that operates in the gifts of encouragement and another one who operates in the gifts of prophecy. They can teach from the same Bible and get two different messages. Neither is wrong as long as the revelation or rhema word is from God. Again, test the spirit by the spirit. In many cases, we have we all have similar gifts used in different ways to attract other people to the kingdom. For instance, if you're still listening to this podcast, there is something that attracts you to my voice or to this Holy Ghost inspired message. But there may be other people who says she's just way too much. She's too happy. Her voice is too high. She's annoying. I don't agree with what she's saying. And that's perfectly fine. That means that my gift doesn't match their level of receptivity. Almost like those old school TVs or radios that had antennas and your show was coming on, but the antenna shifted and now you have to stand up and go move it a little bit. So then that way that it can receive the perfect signal and play the video. You know, not every TV could use the same antenna. Well, unless it was a universal antenna. But not every channel could receive the same TV show or message you have. They would have to be properly tuned in. It's the same thing with us. Not everybody will understand how you use your gifts or will be able to receive from your gifts. But that's okay because your job is to sow seeds and keep it moving. Don't get caught up on the seeds growing into the plants, you know, full grown size, that you miss what God is doing. Or that you allow or move from the land you're supposed to be tending. Okay, so let's get back to 1 Corinthians 12. There are eight spiritual gifts in this scripture. They are, they are as follows. Number one, help each other. Some people are helpers. Number two, give wise advice. Some people have the gift of wisdom. Three, special knowledge. You know, they're able to teach. They have so much special knowledge. Number four, encouragement. They're encouragers. You know, they give faith. They pump people up. Five, they perform miracles and healing. They pray for people and then they get their healing. Six, they have the ability to prophesy. Seven, discernment. Eight, interpretation. You know, and then the Bible takes these and categorizes each gift into five positions in the body of Christ. Apostles, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and pastors. Also known as the fivefold ministry gifts. 
Though not everyone operates as an apostle or a teacher or a pastor, etc., they all have access to the gifts by the Holy Spirit. You just have to ask for it. Now, there are some that are stronger than others that we know that their gift belongs to them. Like, you know, the thing that comes natural to you. There's others that we desire and that we can ask for by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Matthew, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. So if you want it, just ask for it. So working on the gifts you naturally, you should work on the gifts you naturally have. And as you develop those, then ask God to pour into you more and develop the other gifts. Now look, don't look at somebody else's gifts and be like, I want that because you know what? They had to go through something to get that. People are strong in an area because God allowed them to walk through a fire to burn off everything that was not of him on their lives. He pruned the branches while they were kicking and screaming. So my advice, stay in your own rain garden before you experience storms that were never meant for you to endure. Now, since you know about the gifts, understand that associated with every gifts are talents. Not the same thing. Talents complement gifts. For instance, you may have the gifts of encouragement but have the talent of a writer. You may have the gifts of a healing and then you may have the talent of a singer. So as God reveals to you your gifts, you have to also, also ask him to reveal your talents. As you do this, you will go places only you could dream of. Now, remember, the Bible says, No man has seen, no eye has heard for what God has for those who love him. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but you have to be so connected with him that you forget your selfish desires and yield to him. You know, my pastor taught a message a few years ago on selfishness. He said we have to move from a self-centric position to a God-centric position. Stop being so doggone selfish and start moving to where God wants us to go. Like I said earlier, most people only want to capitalize off the gifts, which is fine when you're doing it according to the will of God. Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you. So the more you seek God, God's going to bless you. But... If you're doing it selfishly and missing God's position, undercutting his kids and trying to squeeze a dollar out of every knit and cranny, well then, that's a problem. You need to seek God more than you seek position, more than you seek money, more than you seek the, the principle behind the thing. You know, that statement that says, well, it's the principle behind the thing. Uh, first of all, check yourself. It's not worth it. Some battles you need to lose on purpose. If it will keep the peace in your family or among your friends. But you have to ask God for wisdom to know which battles to lose. Some money you need to let go of. It will keep the peace. If it will keep the peace. I mean, ask yourself. Is that dollar you missing? Is it worth a relationship with a family member? Is it worth a fight? Is it worth a friendship? You can ask any of your friends. And if they are constantly checking you, then you need to check the level of your peace. Follow that. In my life, you can ask any of my friends and they will tell you, I have grown to a place where I don't chase a dollar. And once it leaves my account, I'm like, God bless it. 
I've had people rob me and steal from me. I've had people borrow money from me and never returned it. But frankly, I don't even care anymore. Just like God gave me that money once, he'll give it to me again. The thing is, the more attached we become to the physical thing he gave us, the more we lose it. Money is meant to be given away, with wisdom, of course. So don't hold on to it. Use wisdom and let it go. If somebody stole from you, well, I guess they needed it more than you. Count it as a seed sown and expect God to bless you 10 times as much as they stole. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's frustrating. But it's better and faster just to let it go. The faster you can see to see what else God is trying to do in your life, your gifts and talents should be worth more than the frustration on the earth realm. The gifts and talents of others and cultivating the purpose should be worth more to you than the dollar you're missing. Learn from the lost dollar and positions and ask God to bless you 10 times more than what you lost. You are gifted and you are talented. And the more you focus on those gifts and talents, the more that God can strategically place you in positions for you to grow. So instead of chasing after the position, instead of chasing after the dollar, instead of chasing after your dreams and visions, ask God to, what does he want from your life? Ask God to give you strategic vision and to give you purpose and destiny that he can get the glory out of every single thing that you do. You know, I love this story of King Midas. You know, King Midas, he turned everything into gold. And it's funny because even though there's a different point of that story, the point that I'm taking away from it and right now in this second is that everything that you do on purpose for God, it turns to gold, right? So we don't have to be constantly thinking about, oh, what's going to come next? Oh, I'm missing this dollar. Oh, I'm missing that. I'm missing that. You know, the more you focus on God and seeking first his kingdom, that is when God is able to pour into you and, you know, he's able to use you. But when you're trying so hard to hold on to your own dreams and own visions, then you miss what God is doing. I know for me and throughout my life, the only thing that I told God was, God, I surrender to you. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And whoever you want me to talk to, I'll talk to. And the more that I said that, the more I strategically aligned with him and the more he blessed me. I got away from what I wanted and started just following him and searching him. And then my blessings just came through the door, you know, unexpectedly, but expecting because I'm always expecting to get blessed. I'm a child of the king, of course. You know, I walk in my blessings and my favor. But my point is, the more that we operate in those gifts and we, we discover our gifts and discover our talents, that is whenever God can pour into us and use us. And he'll bless us more than our wildest dreams. You know, people often look at all those millionaires and famous people and say, I want to be like them. Well, number one, you don't know what it took to get like them. So be careful what you ask for. And then number two, if that's truly a desire of your heart, then ask God to show you what to do so you can get to the next stage of your life. But make him the center of your life. Put him first. And when you put him first, then he will reward you in everything that he does. Understand? Hopefully you do. It's really cool to start learning about your gifts and visions and dreams. So, you know, cultivate that.
All right, I think that's enough for today. So let me pray for you. Lord, reveal to us your gifts and talents that you've already deposited into us. Reveal to us our purpose and allow us to draw near to you. Help us to use our purpose to grow others in relation to you. Help us to let go of all the hurt and pain that is attached to those broken places in our life. Lord, cultivate our gifts. Cultivate our talents. Keep us grounded in you. Help us to forgive quickly, O God. Lord Jesus, we yield to you and we thank you for what you're doing. We are expecting you to do all kinds of amazing things, O God, on our behalf. Do what only you can do. Use us, Lord. We will be obedient. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Holy Ghost in Me. This is Lil Joy, that former shy girl from the boot. I'll catch you next time on The Holy Ghost in Me. Bye, y'all.